Okay, so one of the things I thought we might do every few episodes is just throwing some uh, tips for any car content on YouTube that we find interesting. Uh, my one for this month is going to be Autotop NL. Uh, I'm not quite sure what NL stands for. I'm assuming Netherlands because they're they're based in Germany, as far as I know. But it's a, it's a channel I've been hold on. What? What? Netherlands because they're based, based in Germany. Germany. <laughs> See you, bye. Welcome to Soul to Scene, episode seven. I'm Andy Cooper from RMS Motoring, and I'm joined by Gary Gaz Riley. Hello. And Craig Rocco Allen. Hello. Look, it's just us this week. It feels like ages since it's just been us to have a chat, and there's a lot going on. But if you haven't heard it already, our last podcast uh, was with GQ and Top Gear writer Jason Barlow. It's an epic two and a half hour listen, but uh, make sure you get into that if you haven't already. The reaction to that show has been pretty incredible, and Jason was a true gent. Also, dear listeners, I have a favor to ask. If you're listening on your iPhone or wherever, if you use Apple stuff, apparently if you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, hopefully with lots of stars, it helps us get up rankings, which apparently is a good thing. So go and do good things. But here's a few things that have just been happening. Anyway, well, first up, there's a lot of shows and things going on, which is pretty awesome. Next Sunday, uh, which is the first Sunday in September, I think there's three shows coming up, and I and I did love the uh, the cars and casual cars and coffee for the mature car enthusiast. This is in the North Coast at uh, Blackheath House Pottery and Cafe. Starts at half nine on Sunday. A nice early start. Um, old beards. Oh, for for old beards, yeah. Old beards, definitely. definitely I love the beard, I love the description of that one. Love the description for this show. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, no boy racers of any age. So it's not ageist, it's just boy racerist. And no Lord Leon types, which uh, just, uh, I know, I can see his smiling there. It uh, had the forum up in arms, um, but uh, very amusing. Also on Sunday, uh, there is a new show on in Shaftesbury Park in Carrick, Fergus. That's just stunts running that. And then... Uh, the JPCC and I are running back to school in Donegal Day, so it's all going on on Sunday. If I had the wind behind me, I would like to be all, at all three, but I might be at one or two anyway. Donegal Day, I might go to that one actually. It's totally up the road, like. Yeah, I'm sure. Maybe maybe see you there. I actually plan to get, bring a iPhone and gimbal and mic and stuff like that and do a bit of filming, possibly. Maybe. I'm intrigued by the mature car show. What's the threshold? <laughs> I, I, I think it's even the same. We're all past the threshold. Whatever the threshold is, we passed it years ago. Oh, no, you're but pushing, the, you're pushing the upper threshold, I think. <laughs> it's more a, a threshold as in uh, what, what can you drive and get in? <laughs> well, well, not I, a Lord I mean, Leon, apparent, according to the uh, instructions. I drive a diesel Warag, so I don't know whether I'd get in. Possibly. Yeah, and uh, Titanic Dubs is coming up. Uh, in a few weeks as well um, I've booked a track day so I've booked Mondello with trackdays.ie in a couple of weeks on a Friday 
looking forward to a day out of work out on the track. First word problems, boys. Haven't decided what I'm going to bring. Haven't decided. Haven't decided. So um, that's, that's. I think that's that poor character. Well, but see the the interesting. It's the big circuits, the long circuit with the infields amazing. That's quite short and technical, and it would be perfect for the Yaris as well. So, and you do have a circuit pack, don't you? Yeah, so, for the circuit. You can bring your um, your four wheels down in the boat. Exactly. If I had four, if I had four wheels. If, if, if a spare set wasn't like four grand, which is what they're going for on eBay, because all price of everything at the moment is just bonkers. Bloody hell. You could, you could uh, bring the Yaris and I could bring your Porsche. Could do that. Mm. No bother. I would uh, happily do that. I think I would bring both. It would be uh, pretty awesome. So yeah, it's all go. Put a kit on the Yaris as well. So I'll post some pictures. My Maxton's Designs kit finally arrived and I was down at TMC Motorsport. And then Donald picked that up and got that fitted at the weekend. It's looking pretty sweet. Yeah, I've seen a few of your picks. It's looking uh, looking sharp. Just adding that wee bit extra to it. So it's, it's hard to make it look meaner, but it does. It's, it's just a very subtle kit. It's just it's uh, plain flat black uh, side skirts, uh, piano black front uh, skirt, and then just a couple of wee spots at the rear, just just to tidy it up. I've had it ordered, the stuff ordered for, I don't know, 14, 15 weeks. And I think Maxon have been struggling with stock. But they've got there in the end, which is awesome. I think everyone that bloody Harris has gone for the Maxon kit, haven't they? Aye, it's, it's really nice. It suits them really, uh, really well. As the old OEM Plus, as everyone likes to uh, call it. Safe and boring. Boydy special. Boydy special. Boydy special, OEM Plus. Well, you see that would draw you in. That's a fast car, his S3. Anyone wants to see car. a fast car on the forum, check out Boydie's S3, just absolutely wiping stuff out in um, the drag strip. And it just looks like a, a, a lowered standard S3. On incredible and silly wee mods like diverting wee leads and cables and wires that don't do anything bad, but just look nice. You spend the money just to divert a wee cable. Like, no, it looks, it looks the part. It looks the part. I'm trying to think what else have been looking at i really want to get across to england for a show i am a huge huge fan of the uh late break show johnny smith don't know if you guys have any what and if you just watched it on youtube x fifth gear uh, the sort of tall guy yeah, yeah i used to work for max power he's, he's good I randomly um, watched him review a mini ev last week i've turned into an absolute ev dickhead He's he's, he's very good at EVs. He did the iX3, which is the X3 all electric. Yeah, I know, but it's a bit bad. But uh, he's reviewed some fantastic stuff, but he is now running a show. He he has a podcast with Richard Porter, Sniff Petrol, uh, called Sniff and Smith. And it's absolutely excellent as well. I listen to it religiously, but they are starting to run shows across in England. So I actually look to see about driving over for it because flights at the moment out of Northern Ireland. Ryanair's pulling out. It's a nightmare. See, trying to get home on a Saturday evening, it's nearly impossible. You need to stay a whole weekend just to go f- over for a day. But, um... Need to book well in advance, like we did for the, the classic show, which we'll be going to in, what, 11 weeks? Not weeks. that you're counting. <laughs> nope. Not keeping tabs on us. Well, the classic show will be, uh, class. It's class just to get, uh, Get away, we're flying over Friday back Sunday or something like that, Gary, are we? Yeah, yeah. A couple of sensible nights, coffee. Yeah, aye. Tea, stuff like that. Hope, hopefully. Hopefully. 
But uh, yeah, so I'm trying to get over to that. There's a show in Leicestershire in a couple of weeks' time, but struggling. I was actually looking at, have you ever heard of sea truck ferries out of Warren Point? Yes, I have randomly. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, the, the sea truck, I thought was the times were good and all that, but they're not taking ordinary passengers. They're just doing freight at the moment. Yeah. And they, I know they, they normally do cars. I would do the Liverpool ferry, but it's just dear at the moment with, I think with the restricted numbers they're allowed to bring and all that sort of stuff. It makes it a dear um, trip over. But uh, yeah, any uh, fans of our show and want another podcast to listen to, I highly recommend Sniff and Smith. And then Johnny Smith's videos on uh, the Late Break Show are also excellent. The other things I was enjoying this week as well was the, ever watched the Carwow Drags? Yes, love them. Uh, absolutely fantastic. So there was a, they seem to have David Coulthard with the Red Bull F1 car just racing everything. Oh. And that's just awesome. Although the, the Red Bull cars get thrashed by everything as well. Have you seen the, um, the this versus that Hoonigan videos? Is this this is this the one where uh, they just run the Hoonigan against everything, they're, they're, like McLaren and stuff against everything? But they've also done this versus that. So someone will bring like a like a Tesla plate and race it against the nineteen seventy two Chevy Bel Air that type of thing. So they just run all the time. Class, class. I did, did you see the really the uh, Tesla play, played drag racing against the Rimac? Yes, I did. No. That was incredible. So you're talking two cars. The, the Tesla did like a 9.3 quarter mile at 160 mile an hour, and the Rimac's faster. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. As I say, I've been arguing with people on the forum about how good EVs are, in particularly the plate plot of turning the house at ours. And, but saying that, fast in a straight line is only so much fun. It is fun. Don't get me wrong. It's a load of fun, but it's it's a one-trick pony situation. So there's a video popped up on YouTube, and I meant to watch it, but I skipped by it, and I'll probably never find it again. Um, someone brought his Model 3. Is it Model 3? Model E? Model 3. Uh, performance to um, Nürburgring. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was sort of Looking through the thumbnails that pop up, and it looked like it went the very best. Oh, I would well, say I'm, it would. I, I must find it and go yeah. back through. Yeah, as I say, I've turned it into an absolute EV hero. I think it's the best thing in the world. The, the, the Tesla stuff, the Model Three performance. What, what an amazingly it, it drives really well. It just doesn't have the emotion of a big pizza one. People started actually dragging them as a, you know. I don't mean just for YouTube videos, but actually proper drag strips. There was uh, a, so what what category did it get lumped into? There was an American guy called I think his channel's called the Tesla Racing Channel, and he's been racing on the street for a couple of years now. It was actually his dad's that he was racing in, and he's been doing it now for a long time. He blows the doors off everything. I think yeah. it's more like a more like a cash days type of thing. You just show up and run with the brum. I think but, is there not a pro- a problem with running those types of cars on the drag strips in the states because by law as or by law in the rules that they have for the drag racing sport. If you do under a nine second or a 10 second quarter, you're supposed to have parachutes fitted, something like that. And so there's, there's, there's some sort of prop because these things are so. Well, this, quick. this guy, well, this guy, I don't know whether, well, no, he has raced on a track. Yeah, watched him race on track, but it's right in the middle of it. So 
Imagine tying a bed sheet to the back of your Tesla just to get out in the track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, more to get out on the on the drag strip than yeah. than uh, on track. The battery life wouldn't be there. I'll, I'll be interested to see how many laps the Tesla lasted for. Was it maybe you got two or three laps out of it, and then probably you, yeah, you had to yeah. wait four hours before you could <laughs> back out again. Yeah, good chance. Yeah, which which sometimes the Nurburgring haven't been there a few times is the case anyway because someone bins it and then they have to be swept off the track one follicle at a time. I look. So, um, I look forward to Big Pete's performance, not probably performance arriving. Well, taken out of it. I also recently reviewed the Hyundai i30N performance DCT, which I did a wee video for actually. And you're wondering, well, I don't really want to become. A, I'm, I'm not a YouTuber, but if I have something that people might be interested in, I'll stick the GoPro on it and talk some crap because at least. I can sort of pass on what I've looked at. Mm. I'm going to write a, a blog article for RMS on it. But uh, Dealers Hyundai are going to give me the Ionic 5, the Project 45 Special Edition EV. So Class. sure, I could, I, I'll, I'll maybe take a scoot down your direction, uh, yeah. Craig, and get you out in it to really get you signed on the dotted line. I was I was all for a mini EV this month. It's it so close. So close because what I'd spend on the car is basically what I spend on diesel in the month. The range on it's absolutely garbage. What, what is the range like? On paper, 15 centimeters? 140 miles on yeah. paper. Realistically, 105, 110. What LTP or whatever the hell they call it, which is you just, yeah. you just need to take 25% off it to get a, and that's Pretty in much. it on a, on a sunny day with the wind behind you. Yeah. Uh, so when uh, the Northern Ireland cold winters kick in, you lose another 30%. So you'd nearly be charging it. Drive to work, charge it, drive home, charge it. What sort of take fun out of it? Yeah, it was, I was, I was close, to, close to going for one, but just don't think it's there yet. It's, as a drivable car for a commute, I think they're brilliant because of the instant torque and they always come with great toys and and all that sort well, the, of stuff. The, the Mini's just a Cooper S, basically. It's exactly the same body as a Cooper S. They don't change anything, so they build them on the same assembly line to speed it up. So it's not a ground-up EV. It's no. built for piston car yeah. and... Yeah. Which I, I don't know, does that mean it's compromised? I mean, it's not that good? Well, the, the, the thing is, the range is shite, but the price is really good. What, okay. what are they, about 30 grand or something like that? 24 for an for an electric one, yeah, start that's really good. Because I and I then, think a, I think a Leaf's thirty k, isn't it? Yeah. So you've got your options are to spec it are spec one, spec two, spec three, and that sorts out all your toys and stuff. Nav comes the standard because it all comes in standard event. Mm-hmm. EV because you need the fucking thing to find a charger. And um, so heated seats and heated windscreen all that crap goes up, and then you pick your weights and you pick your color, and that's it. That's what you can spec. You pick one, two, three, weights and color. Job done. done. That's you done. Unreal. Unreal. It's a bit of range. It's just a bit of the range. Yeah. The range is, the range, if it's in there, if it was maybe 180 miles, 200, something like that, then you consider it. But because my missus was dead into it as well, I kind of talked her into, right, sell my bar, I go get a mini, and then we'll get something to stick in the garage. A little bit, a bit cooler, a little bit more interesting. But then the more I thought about it, no, I'd, write, I'd rather have something born like a money. I don't know whether I'd, I don't know whether I could drive 
an electric mini all the time and the charging and I'm fucking really bad for forgetting to put diesel in the Tuareg. So I'd get into it one morning and I would have no fucking charge and I'd be there for work for four hours to sit there and wait for it to go up. Look, I, I think EVs are a wee bit like running a two five straight diesel on used vegetable oil from your local chippy. You need to be organized and you need to know what you're doing. <laughs> otherwise otherwise you're just gonna smell like a chippy fire. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean my boss is a 530E, and he drives down from Four Winds, I think he lives up there somewhere. He drives down and charges it and drives home and presumably charges it. Because it's only got like a 20-mile range. He's pretty much this on electric like, the entire time. This is a problem with him. It's incredibly hard to run out of diesel or petrol nowadays. I know it's not impossible, and it can happen, but by and large, like, you'll, you'll find a petrol station somewhere nearby, unless you're in the back end of nowhere. But what do you do for an EV once you're stuck? Yeah, I actually saw a girl um, had driving a Golf E and she was round the sort of Baylands area of Bangor, which is a fairly affluent area. And she just conked out in the middle of the road. She was, the flap at the front was open and up, so she'd obviously fucked it. And the, had to get enough charge. So the she car knew you didn't need to do the cock the leg and, and, yeah. so and she, she didn't. was going to have to go and wrap on top of his door with an extension lead and say, hello, can I borrow like four hours worth of electricity, please? <laughs> Just scoot off around the Sainsbury's to get a charge in. So it's, see, see when they die, it's do they totally yet. die? I guess there's no way yeah. they were nothing. There's no, no reserve battery think, for no, I the think eternal they, electrics or anything. I think they just punk out. Just so dead. now I think some of them slow down. You know, they will, they will slow you down to a crawl. Because again, I think there was a good test someone did. It maybe it was Carwow or someone like that did a test and they ran a whole pile of cars right to the end of their range to see what would happen. Uh, because yes, they all have a separate battery to run the electrics, as in they have a 12-volt ba- conventional uh, battery to run the ignition and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. then, so you'll still have your probably blower and a screen and stuff to tell you that you have no power. But I think it just slows down and slows down. But you would know. I would say that person who conked the card in the middle bank, she would have known. Like yeah, I would say everything would have been screaming, screaming at her. Yeah. So there's and, a very good chance she just pushed her luck. And as you say, when it goes down to zero, you probably get another 5%, maybe 3%. People like, you're at zero. Now, Go to a fucking charger right now. Devil's and advocate you, here. Hands up. Who has ever run out of petrol? I know I have. I have, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that's that's going to happen. At least, you, but it's it's the jerry can situation. You just can't do the jerry can. You need a really, really, no, really, there's, really there's no long quick extension lead. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, when your, your TV remote gets really low in power and you give it, like, a slap with your hand and it works for an the battery out and rub them. Like, can, can you kick the car or something? Like that? <laughs> I have a wee battery shaver like that. You give it a good thump and away you go again. <laughs> But take the batteries out and turn them around and put them back in again. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah. So, of, of the Ionic Five coming. So, really looking forward to it. And it has a, it. It mm. has the. It, it's the cool one with the eighties, the back end, and all the rest, and it has the the two forty volt plug in, so we can like plug something. Oh, the Ionic Five. Yes, the awesome. Oh, one. I, I thought you said like a Kona Five or something. No, no, no. I the don't... Ionic Five, like the. Oh no! Yeah, the, I really, really want one of them. I think yeah, they're, they're amazing. And this is the Project Forty Five Special Edition one, so it looks, it looks class. I'm, I'm kind of concerned that I would be like, it's like a sign on the dotted line type job. Like, a, I think it's going to be brilliant. 
bring it yeah. doesn't and definitely show show me that yeah because it's going to be fact, so funky get them to lend it to me for fuck's sake i'm a big ev advocate and the most liked man on rms thank you very much but uh, see see if you can get an a20 as well and doing that i read a review one of them yesterday in evil and it was like really really He's already had one the bollocks no no i had the, i had the i30 did you, not, did you not get the i20 like a couple of weeks ago? No, no, it was the i30, the bigger one. Yeah, I got. But but I will I will get an i. I'll I'll certainly ask the question. The i20s uh, kind of it's a Gaiaris competitor, isn't it? Sized wise and everything. Well, if you read Evo, the, the article did say that the Gaiaris did blow it out of the water. Anyway, well, still. So the i30N is actually spectacular. Really, really uh, capable car. Very quick. The eight speed. Dual clutch box is fantastic in it. Like, I was very uh, impressed. I've always been a big fan of this. Always. Yeah. And it's quite understated. It's a wee bit of a cue car because, unless you know that performance blue, see if you bought it in like a dark color, like gray, dark gray or something like that, it would just totally blend in. It's very understated compared to, I don't know, your lowered Leon types <laughs> that aren't allowed to that show. Yeah, but it's, it's really good. So, the video, I'll be doing an article for, for RMS with the Ionic 5 coming too. So, that's pretty. Exciting. Um, did you see on collecting cars? I don't know if you guys are purveyors of the collecting cars auction site. I'm a big fan. Jensen Buttons 964. So it's 964 Turbo, like the bad boys. Uh, that the sort of was like a pale baby, blue. baby blue one. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's it lovely. It's awesome. Well, it Look is immaculate as well. It has uh, what's that? Forty six hours to go. And it's sitting at two hundred and fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. It's not going to sit at two hundred and fifty thousand. I would well yeah, bet. Yeah, no, no. no. Twenty. Let's see where it goes in the last hour or so. I'll, I'll post a link. Minutes. A link to that in the show notes because it is just um, incredible. Chris Harris did a fantastic uh, review video of it, so that's well worth watching. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the crack. And then just there was a huge amount of supercars out a couple of weekends ago. I spotted them down at Sprucefield. They were all heading to the air ambulance thing down at uh, Bishop's Court. Gary, you managed to get down to the track, didn't you? Yeah, took a spin down. Thought I'd only be down for a couple of hours. We ended up staying the whole day because um, there's just a lot of took a lot of time getting around and crossing the track. There was far more cars actually than I expected. Have not been to it before. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, seemed to be an endless amount of Ferraris, Porsches, McLarens, Lamborghinis, TVRs. All the usual kind of M cars and all their kind of fast executive saloons and things, but just they all, they all uh, came in did a lap around the track and just to hear them going around there was amazing. You know the kind of cacophony of engines and things. They were doing charity runs, weren't they? You could pay what something and and get out. Yeah, they actually ran out of uh, slots. I think it was so popular there were people queuing up for it. Uh, I'd hope to get out and run on something, but I was heading up towards the paddock and I heard the announcement coming over saying that like, no one else come up here because we've just run out of spaces. There's there's a queue right around the corner for it already. And there's only so many cars and so many laps that they can do. So but, uh, I think they were, they were out from Friday morning and then they were out on Saturday, I believe, somewhere else around the country, maybe the north coast. And then uh, at Bishop's Court on Sunday, and I think all together they raised 54000 for their ambulance, which is fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. That's, that's unreal. That's unreal. Yeah, I think there was actually, so there was that event itself, mm-hmm. the Air Ambulance event, which was attracting supercars for the supercar run. And then I think there was two other. There was the Driven Club where we're at it as well, and this new club called the Bumblebee One Thousand. So it was basically three yeah. super clubs in one. 
between that and COVID and people just want to get out and all the rest, I think I've never, I have never seen metal like it. Like there was tens of millions of pounds worth of cars there and like well yeah, over hundreds of supercars. And, and lots of Northern Irish riders. Like it amazes me just how many McLarens and things there are in the Snickle Woods that we don't really see out and about very often. Unless you go to an event like this. Ferraris, FF, SF90s and yeah. pistas and all sorts of, oh, it was just. Was that the one with the, the green Enzo? Yes, the green Enzo. Heard yeah. about the green Enzo? Yes, yeah, so yeah. there's a bit of, bit of chat in the forum. There's there's yeah. uh, there's some photos. Graham Curry was down at the down the track. I couldn't make it, which people have. I have endlessly been ribbed because I was at a christening, and and uh, so I saw the supercars at Sprucefield, and then had to go to the christening. Of course, I was only at Bishop's Court three or four weeks ago in the GT4, and I was bursting to get back out on on the track. Although the guy, the track looked like it was bunged. Looked busy. It was busy. Yeah, you didn't really get a proper track run. I'd say it was more just kind of a, a straight line on for the passengers. I don't think any guys were really giving it well for the corners. Yeah, but uh, still, still cool, cool to do. And then this weekend coming up too. There's a lot, of, a lot of stuff on, so it's pretty awesome. I have an announcement. Oh, I drove an M3. You actually drove it. I knew you'd sat in one. I thought you were in as a passenger. I, I actually drove an M3. Uh, it's taken us seven episodes to get get here. Like it's just it's been M3 itis the whole time. It's taken nearly forty years for me to get there. <laughs> I've, I've driven my first M3, and what an M3! To drive so you, as your first one. You were driving Ross's uh, E46. E46 Dakar Yellow right hand drive manual. One of twenty, I believe, available. And it's, it's a lovely one. It was parked up at the Bishop's Court supercar thing beside Ross's stand and had a good look around it. Really, really it stunned. is so cool, and it it really wasn't what I expected at all. You could ring an neck off it. Mm. It's so planted, yeah. Which I really didn't expect. I expected it to be a wee bit twitchy, and I understand it can be with the flicking of some buttons. But it was it was so much nicer than I expected. And yeah. I kind of get it from that. They're they're brilliant. They are brilliant. Like yeah. I, I had one for about three years. Guy, you had at least one. I've had, what the E forty six? E forty six. Yeah, I've had one of those. Yeah. No, there it was it was really very good and a huge thank It's a zingy engine. Thanks to Raw at Anna came through bringing it down while he was delivering my order and then just handing me the keys and going, right, you want to do this? <laughs> Shit. Uh, yes. Let's. I didn't get a good run on it because uh, I wasn't work at the time, so I couldn't kick the piss too much. Works good, but I have now driven my first M3. So now I've driven an E46. I've got to try them all. Well, absolutely. Each, each generation has a story to tell. Each generation is brilliant, I think. And it's its own way. I've never driven an E30 M3. Driven plenty of E3, E3325Is, but uh, E36. I've driven the non-Evo. I've driven the Evo. Owned an E46. Driven an E92. Driven an F80. I actually haven't driven the new the new car uh, yet. The F80 is just so quick. Well, Absolutely. If there's any E30, E36, E92, F80, and <laughs> G80. G80. GKC. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Put the call out. 
I'm curious do you think yeah, to see what you think. Will them all if you actually drove them back to back? Because I, I, I mean, Landy says that the E36 had the essentially the same engine as the E46 that you drove, so they're quite similar. But E92, which came after it, had the, a V8, and then the F80 obviously is back to a, a six-cylinder, but turbocharged. So the power delivery is quite different in the last three models that came out. Realistically, I'm never going to get to drive an E30 M3 because who in the right mind is going to let any fucking random bob drive an E30 M3 for a start? But I wouldn't mind a run in one. So if there's any if there's any E30 owners point in the right direction of a friendly owner that might take me out of scoot. Sweet um, sweeping oh, statement time. E30 M3, four cylinder, kinda highly strung, but not a lot of horsepower. I think will feel nice as a package, but probably not outright fast, was is my gut. And want to hear some feedback from people saying I'm I'm full of it. Because then that might be an excuse for me to get to drive one as well. <laughs> well, let me tell you what's just happened. My phone has just buzzed. And Hayden, Houston, Cheeple tomorrow mess, has offered up his F80 this weekend. Oh, well, there you go. For the whole weekend? Well, uh, for, for Saturday. Just pick it off. Just start, drop off the tow rag and pick that up and away you go. Uh, I think he's going to actually drop the car off and then I'm going to run him home. <laughs> that is fantastic. His, his car is beautiful and not purple, purple, blue. Stunning. Yep. So, so uh, it's E46 F80. Pick, pick. That's a very generous offer. unbelievable. Yeah. Well, look, I think we've talked M3s to death. They're nearly getting as bad as GR Yaris's, to be honest. So, uh, please, someone, please someone tell us about new cars because I, I don't want to hear. Any more M3 or GRERs? I'm just going to say one more thing on the new M3, and it's going to seem like I'm being an absolute ball licking bastard now that I've driven a few. That grey uh, G80, I kind of like it. I told you on episode one of the show, you guys would all warm to the grills. I don't and, warm to and I see it. I don't hate it as much as I really should. Yeah, like, I wouldn't say warm dead. I would say it's not as ugly as it first appeared, but that's only because we're getting used it. Like a freezer in a power cut, these are slowly leaking across the floor. <laughs> I filled it well at all the analogies tonight. <laughs> still 75 grand. And I don't think I'd spend 75 grand. To look nobody, at nobody does. People, no, put, well, yeah. people put 10 grand down to pay £500 a month or, or £700 a month. Or whatever mortgage to take out that's just the way that's just the way it's done and and interestingly probably the best way to buy a car at the moment because the price of stuff at the moment is bonkers and so it doesn't make sense at the moment i don't think to buy normally people are buying things or wanted a new car buying personal contract hire because you're going to clear the it's going to be less than the depreciation but cars are depreciating less they're appreciating at the moment so Buy something new, PCP, job done. Just go and buy yourself a new M3 is basically what I'm saying, Craig. Don't buy a friggin' Mini. What? You well, mad, man? I think what I'll do is I will buy the M3 outright at 75000 and sell it to We Buy Any Car for eighty. Yeah. That seems to be the way to do things recently. We Buy Any Car will offer me strong profit on the unmentionable Toyota that I have. Strong profit on what I give Toyota for it. So. What about the Porsche? Have you, have you even... Put the numbers in just to see. It probably set off a fucking alarm at Porsche headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> Come and find a GT. Get him. 
just See, just uh, Tom Tom Cruise swinging down on the rope into your house, trying to uh, stop you from selling it. Jason uh, Statham turns up in a, a first generation KN. What was that film with all the KNs in it? And Kim Basinger was in it. Uh, was it cellular or something like that? And it was like oh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. just it was just when the KN had been launched. And uh, the states and all his cronies were being shipped about in this uh, Coog spec uh, can. <laughs> Coog spec, yep. So, anyway, new vehicles, Gary. Go for it. Tell us, tell us what's coming. What's coming? Uh, bu- 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 new Honda Integra. Beautiful car. A fifteen-year break uh, since the last had an Integra model on the road. So there's. Little they know information yet. It was the just a teaser photo that they released of the front of it, which I'll drop into the uh, the thread and people can have a look at it. But quite streamlined looking headlights and kind of funky looking from the front so far. But uh, I say there's literally, they haven't released anything at all about the specs, so it's just all speculation. But a lot of people would say it's likely to be based on the Civic, at least on that platform. And if that's sold then. We'll have the 300 brake engine from the FK at Civic Type R. Who knows? I saw so a full blow. Sorry, Alec. I saw a full blown up um, picture of the, what the concept was, and if you compare it to the current Type R, really, really tame. Yeah, so that's good news. The, yeah, that's what I wanted go, to hear. That's what yeah, I wanted the, to hear. They'll either go right, keep it tame, or they'll bonkers it up, and I think they'll fuck it up if they do that. No, I and. Uh, Anyone in the performance car world who wants a, the best hot hatch money can buy, it's the FK8 Civic Type R. But I cannot get around the looks of it. It's just it's just a 15-year-old design language from, from the end of the Max Power days when yeah. it was going out of fashion, and they just haven't moved on. And, and yet an amazing chassis, an amazing engine. Like I, I'm, a, I'm a Honda head free and through, and I absolutely love them, but just can't quite handle the looks. They're just teetering a little bit in the age of too much. Uh, and saying that, they have brought out this new one. I, f- I forget what you call it now. It's basically the same engine, the same chassis, but they've taken away the spoiler and made it a bit timber looking, which might appeal to some people. Yeah, it's like a Touring or something. I can't, I can't remember the yeah, model of it itself. Like yeah, but IBS or something. I don't know. But but even still, it's still it's still too Larry in the wrong type. It's too Asbo in the wrong type of way. You know. But uh, yeah, and then I'm trying to think what else is is coming out. The Tigers coming. Oh, Nissan. We're not getting getting this. No. But Nissan have launched the new uh, Z car in Japan. So I think it's just called the Nissan Z. They weren't very imaginative. Like did the run out of numbers or something? You know, like two forty, two sixty, two eighty, three hundred ZX, two hundred SX, three fifty Z. Oh, what else is there? I'll just call it Z. Which is a bit per more per that they're not bringing it to the UK because have you seen the the pictures of it? Um, it looks pretty cool. It has a bit of like a a BMW Z8 type style shark nose type thing going on at the front, and then the sort of eighties retro S13 back end, uh, which is the retail cool, one's meant to be like forty grand, forty thousand yeah, dollars. Sorry. Which would probably have translated into forty or forty-five grand over here, which seems great value for what you get four hundred horse, three liter V six, yeah, normally well, aspirated. Super, super's fifty-five, is it? Yeah. And this blow the doors off the super. Yeah, I love it. I think it looks absolutely brilliant. I love it. It's really retro looking. And yeah, oh, I've tried over so many cues from the the older models. And 
and it has a decent amount of power. Is it turbocharged? I don't know, is it? I don't think so. I think it seems like it'll be a Mustang competitor, kind of falling in that category. I was reading a couple of sort of reviews on the price and stuff, and they were like, okay, it's, it's 40 grand for the base, but by the time you add the dealer add-ons and all that stuff, and it's the one you'd want to buy, it's probably going to be close to $50,000, but still, $50,000 isn't an awful lot of money for more of a break. Good news, good news. The new Z has 400 horsepower and 350 uh, point of torque thanks to its and this is the most important part of all of this conversation to to its new twin turbocharged yeah. 3 liter v6 we are flying we just need to take that to auto tune boom 500 horse smoke the tubes from Balamina back to belfast fantastic thank you very much that's going to be a cracker just need to get the, the 370z never took off really and I often wondered why and was it the engine would they have been more popular if guys were chinning and stuff if they'd gone down a different road? That old VQ35 was like, what, 300 brake? You couldn't really tune it unless you no. supercharged it or turbocharged it, which was just enormous money. And it was just a wee bit lackluster. The whole car was just a wee bit on the flabby because it was GT cars. I suppose it was against what the F-type Jag and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know, it just didn't seem as focused as this, but this new car with with that engine, you know, that is the problem that the GT86 had. Normally aspirated, so just not mm. enough poke. Although it was beautifully balanced car, it was the sort of thing that just felt right. Everything was in proportion, but proportion is uh, overrated. Then you can have more horsepower. Okay, so one of the things I thought we might do every few episodes is just throw in some uh, tips for any car content on YouTube that we find interesting. Uh, my one for this month is going to be Autotop NL. Uh, I'm not quite sure what NL stands for. I'm assuming Netherlands because they're, they're based in Germany as far as I know. But it's, uh, it's a channel I've been Hold on. Quite a while. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Netherlands because they're based, based in Germany. Germany. <laughs> yeah. It's nearby. <laughs> it's Auto Top UK because they're based in Belgium. <laughs> There's no way we're cutting this. This is staying in. That's just fantastic. <laughs> it's close enough. It's close enough. I just lump oh. all together. And anywhere north of uh, Germany or anywhere nearby is Netherlands. Okay, so tell us about Auto Top. It's, it's, it's not, not Germany. Germany. <laughs> not Germany. <laughs> Auto Top DE. <laughs> It's a big channel. They've almost 3 million subscribers, 30 million views every month. And on average, they release at least two videos per day. And they test a massive variety of cars, everything from uh, OEM cars to modified, new car releases, hot hatches, fast diesels, hypercars, you name it. Uh, all the videos are really, uh, they cover a mix of test drives and reviews. And the best and most kind of unique feature of the channel is their top speed runs on the German Autobahn, which is no speed limit, as you know. So a few of the notable vehicles that they've covered recently and a few of my favourites, they've got a 900 horsepower Merc G63, 2007 Shelby GT500 supercharged, uh, an original Mark I supercharged NSX, a Volvo 850, it's a bit old school, with nearly 500 horsepower. And if you look at their extensive range of videos, their single most popular one is um, an Autobahn run and a 1,239 horsepower Supra. Class. So I highly recommend that. I've spent many hours just 
watching the channels are very, very good quality videos. Yeah, and I, and I understand the German connection now because obviously they're just slipping across the border because you can't do more than like 50 miles an hour in the Netherlands yeah. without getting a flipping... The Virgin Jail. Yep. Yes. I'm 291 horsepower Yaris GR. How much? 291. 291? That's pretty pathetic. They've got quite a few Yarses. They it's also just, won the first of the new T-Series M3s. Uh, the first tuned one, I think. It was only a couple of... Maybe a day after the car was released, they had a tuned one on here. Out in Autobahn. Uh, I want to see like a 500 horse one. That would be the... They have uh, driven all sorts. Good job. Like but, random stuff. Peugeot 26 RC, 177 horsepower, acceleration, top speed. We just do everything. I, I think we'll pick a few of these uh, to choice ones. The, the, the 1300 brake Supra sounds uh, incredible. It's insane, uh, watching the noise especially. Um, I'd love to know where the source of the cars because, as you said, they do have a really random stuff. They'll, they'll have a brand new BMW for review and then the next, next day it'll be a, a 106 with a, yeah. a V8 engine. An, an Alfa Romeo 166 in between a Ferrari 812 Superfast and a 330E 360 horsepower one. It's nothing that's too dear or nothing that's too cheap. It's as long as it's interesting and tuned. Class. Class. Some good stuff there. I'll be poking through. Yeah, that. yeah. We'll we'll post uh, some of those videos in the uh, in the show notes for sure. Okay, so. I think you guys have done a bit more work than I have because I haven't really looked at this, but you guys have looked at some of the questions that you have uh, encountered on the forum. You're you basically started a, yeah. you started a thread there uh, asking for questions, and I, like I knew this would be a bad idea, but you've entertained you're, it, and, and here and here we go. You're going to have to go in dry here because we we want answers from you. So while me and Gary are talking, you may be thinking, "Oh, I'm going to get long pauses." Yeah, we can't have long pauses. So let's let's just crack on. Let's crack we're on. Okay. We're going to start at the top and work ourselves down. Here we go. You're only allowed to eradicate one. All right, question one. Let's start this professionally question, here. Question, question one. one. I can't even remember who it was from because didn't write this down and I'm not going back now. So pause it. You're only allowed you to eradicate one. You know who you are. D-turbo spewing black smoke or 1.2 petrols with screamer pipes. There's a place in this world for 1.2 petals of screamer pipes. There is. It's not even a thing anymore. I think that D turbos are have ruled the roost now, and just they're just they're just going to be part of the part of the picture. Screamer pipes, screamer pipes aren't really a thing anymore, are they? No, they still are. Yeah, I've heard the odd one. Can you get 1.2s anymore? I don't know. A big uh, 900cc two-cylinder now with the same power. Well, I, I think that killing off the D turbos is the easy one because I don't think there's that many screamer pipes uh, about. But I don't think that D turbos are cockroach cars. They're they will never die. No, we can try. I, I think it's a tough one. Uh, it's like trying to choose who would you shoot first, Jimmy Salvo or Gar Glitter. Which <laughs> is tricky. Uh, I'm going to go with D turbo also, but only because I once had a 1.2 Nova with a Pico. And that's oh. like a distant cousin of a screamer. <laughs> Slight affinity there. Right, I'm going to read some of these questions because it's going to get me out of answering them. Question number two, if you could only one, own one car for the rest of your life, budget of 15 grand, what would it be and why? That is a good question. And 
I think I'm driving it at the minute. Looks like in Forex. Big, comfortable. It has to do me into my old age, older age. It's nice to look at. Not horrendous upkeep. Keep getting ideas to change it. I'll come back to what has heated leather memory seats. Fuck all else out there. I'm 15 grand, but it's not very quick or fun. So, a big fast SUV, some sort of Cayenne GTS, something like that. I don't think you get a Cayenne GTS for 15 grand, would you? Oh, I, yeah, yeah. Early one. Early one, yeah. Something like that. To be the uh, Porsche bills that will put me off. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to be paying them with my pension. It'll have to do me from <laughs> now to forever. I think probably a big issue. Probably a big issue of some sort. I think I'd go for the uh, E92 BMW M3, which I've had one before, and I keep thinking I would love to go back to it at some point. Um, they are two door, but I've only got one kid, so it's practical enough for me. He can squeeze in and out. Looks great with the bigger arches and the bulges and the M kit and so on. It's got a high revving V8, 414 horsepower. Sounds amazing, especially with an aftermarket exhaust. It's well kitted out, it's well built, it's modern enough to enjoy daily and just about slips into the pace range. Need Did you get one. A, would you get an E92 M3 for 15 grand? Not be fairly ropey. No, can be got. I was close to 16 when I bought it. What a good nick. And. I don't remember, 70,000 miles. But uh, prices nowadays, I don't know. Proper, uh, proper M3 fanboy I am. I, 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 I think while, whilst I, I uh, buy some time, someone get on the uh, auto trader there and see what the cheapest D92 M3 is. Uh, and I see two auto trader experts just launching to their keyboards. Uh, it's terrible to pick more German cars here, but I think something fast, fast estate car, if I only had to have one thing. And I was going to say something really random, like a F3335i estate manual and put a diff in it. Or maybe, I don't think I could buy an E60 or a C63 AMG estate, like a 2007 to 2013 shape one for that sort of money. Maybe. Maybe, Craig. Uh, Sorry, what was that? Uh, Sorry, I'm looking at the M3s. Well, what's the cheapest M3? Uh, 14 grand. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Convertible, uh, it, though. Oh. It is, it's a convertible. It's black. It's only got 69,000 miles and it's 14 grand. You would look well in a convertible, Gary. I would. Aside from that, it's E46. Hair flapping in the wind. As far as I can see. Uh, or a. So. I think you're going to have to go up near Plenty. There's so a black coupe at fifteen nine nine five. Did did they actually specify it has to be fifteen grand dead or in the fifteen grand range? I think it's well fifteen grand you might get it for fifteen. Picky now. <laughs> so I'm I'm hoping for the work well, there's a C sixty three saloon racer for fourteen four five oh. But I would really want an estate if it's possible. But I think that might be too much to ask. Sixteen eight. I, but it's a private sale. There's bound to be there's bound to be eighteen hundred pounds worth of negotiation in there. Is there? Be a wiggle room? Does wiggle wiggle room. So no, I, C- I'm convinced that could be found. C63 AMG estate car. Throw the dog in the back and leave black lines behind me. Fantastic. 
the best power that guy's ever owned. Okay. Next question is motorsport or motor show? Motor show. I can hate motorsport. I'm on a motoring oh, podcast oh, and I can't stand it. It's just driving. I hate it. <laughs> it is. The wrong show. Lewis Hamilton's a very good driver. Driver. Just driving. I drive every day. So you don't <laughs> you don't sit in performance cars, you hate driving, you hate motorsport. I know what what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> this is the wrong show. I don't honestly know. I can't I cannot stand motorsport any time. I don't like rallying. I don't like superbikes. I don't like F1. I don't like anything. Well, I obviously like things, but I don't like motorsport. I can't. You, you actually do like things, do you? The odd time, yeah. <laughs> but motorsport isn't one of them. It's, it's just moaning fuckers all the time. I have to beg to differ. I have family members who rally. I've done a bit of it myself. Um, Shows are a great way to saunter around, look at stuff, but there's nothing beats being in the thick of the action. I'm sure Andy would agree, having drifted. Look, the best part of a show for me generally is the live action part. It's what I would be drawn to see the most. That's what I love about the likes of one of the best shows I've ever been at is something like the Goodwood Festival of Speed, where you have an amazing motor show and then you have an amazing live action part of it when they're doing the hill climb you know so uh that was one thing actually that uh dubshed were planning to bring to their show so they did the they held the monster energy gym canna three or four weeks ago it was a brilliant event it was closed door very unfortunately because of covid but uh they had this live action event on in front of you and it was supposed to be part of the dubshed event as well and that's definitely the most exciting um part of it i think but that's the beauty about those types of shows where they have a bit, you can go and see something. There's something for everyone's taste. Well, maybe not well, your taste, because uh, like, you don't have any taste, clearly, since you think <laughs> a toe rag is the is the best thing since uh, slice. Listen, when you're 78 years old and you're still driving your C63 with your double hip replacement, you'll be going, fuck, I wish I bought a big SUV. Look, you'll, you'll be not, uh, I'll not be caring because you'll not be able to hear you under the sound of my awesomeness. Ever driven your hero is the next question. And is this is this a person or a car? <laughs> um, <laughs> all ever, sorts of wrong. Ever ridden your hero? No. <laughs> this is going to surprise you, but no. I haven't. That I, uh, shocking. <laughs> my green car. R8. Turig. R8. R8 V8 early one. Why? Why an early one? Why a V8? Why not? Why not a V10 plus? Why not? Well, I'll, I'm trying to stick to something that I'm realistically going to be able to afford in the next hopefully two three years. Going by and a V10 is just that extra sort of ten grand that I can't. Those, those V8s are very affordable now. Yeah, I mean they're mid thirties, low Dave, mid thirties, yeah. It's Pablo was looking at getting one. We were yeah, if you're willing to take on a, those in round auditor from a potential headache or uh, maybe a, a cat car, you're maybe looking hmm. late twenties, thirty. But I'm sure the bills are terrifying. So I haven't even driven one and I'm sure when I do, it'll either be this is the best thing I've ever driven and I absolutely love it, even if it drives like a bag of fucking spanner. Or I'll drive it and go, 
disappointing. Um, I'll walk away. I've driven a V10. That sound is incredible. It is a piece of engineering. The whole vehicle is just so well resolved. But it's nearly such a polished article that it takes away a wee bit of the supercarness because it is a supercar, really. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, it, it has the same interior as the TT I had for yeah. six months there. It's very, very easy to drive. It's very comfortable. It's it is lacking a bit of the drama, or you know, the, I don't know what it is. It sounds mad to say that there's something needs to be something a wee bit slightly awkward or quirky or something like that that you need from a supercar experience where it's just it just is an Audi A4 on you know it feels that homogenized and pasteurized you know it's just yeah. the approach wasn't it's built to be usable yeah but I think that's you, probably that's where I'd, I'd be I, 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 I would like that I think uh, yeah but well, it's still cool like still not cool. The, the terrifying like you're what was the notice you had Exige. That that orange run with the massive sills on it. I couldn't even fucking get into the damn thing. That, <laughs> that type of thing. Like every day you go, right, I'm going to take the orator run. You know what? Fuck it. I'm not. Yeah. Because I can't get into the bastard. And if I'm going to pull up outside somewhere and go, right, watch me get into my supercar. Oh, shit, here we go. I have to dislocate both my knees. Yeah. Look, I totally agree with that. See the uh, GT4 versus the Exige. I drive the GT4 more in normal situations. I'll take yeah. it to the petrol station. I'll take it to, to uh, take it to work or whatever else a lot more than I would have done the exige because you're right; it was just a wee bit compromised. It was mental. It was awesome, mental, but compromised. It was, it was awesome, but it was just it was just when you open the door, you're like, "What? Could I even get into this? You need to take the roof off, then could I get in?" <laughs> Gary. Uh, I don't know. My my hero car keeps changing as time moves on and I get older. I don't think it's something you, you, you pick one of the 18 that stays with you for the rest of your life. I think when it was 718, it was probably uh, an E36 M3. I sat behind a brand new one and always swore I would have one at some point, and then I did. And then recent years, I had a real obsession with the R35 GTR, which um, I was fortunate enough to drive a fair few times and absolutely met all my expectations. Just I think it's amazing and still do. Uh, currently, it's actually the, the new, well, not the new, the most recent Honda NSX, the Mark II, which I, I think they're highly underrated. Never seen one on the road. Would love to get a drive one. But um don't know if that'll ever happen. I think they've actually just announced that they're going to cease production on them shortly. I was going to ask that very question. So did did they make that many? They sold very well, Paul. No, the, the interest level was pretty... Uh... No, they didn't, and it may be suffering from the same thing that the R8 suffered from. I think maybe they're people thought they're a bit too soft or too friendly or too usable. But yet, watch Chris Harris reviewing it, he loved it. You watch anyone else who reviewed it, they loved it, you know, and they are very sharp. Do you know what? I think lusting after something and actually owning it are probably two different things as well, because I'm pretty fortunate as. A lot of guys are, you yourself, Gary, especially, to try have driven a lot of things. But sometimes the reality of having something versus uh, lusting after it are two totally different marked things. And the other thing is, too, sometimes you could you could end up driving something that you had never even crossed your radar. It was 
one of the most awesome driving things. Like the Lotus Evora that I had was a fantastic, amazing driving road car. And I had never, it hadn't really been on my radar that much until I drove it. It was just also the fact that I had seen that car brand brand new getting picked up from from Lotus was a kind of a weird thing, but it wasn't really something that was never a poster car for me or anything like, like that. Lotus was never massively on my radar. And then and I've went to having two Lotuses and now I have a brand new one in order. Like it's it's mad how these um things go. But yeah, all those cars are incredible. I suppose driving a Ferrari this year again not really a poster car. There were never Ferraris were never great in the nineties. So we sort of think of our heroes were like nineties cars and our sort of teenage years when we were the E thirty six M three was the poster car or whatever. Ferraris weren't weren't great. Lambos weren't great back then. So the supercars were pretty crappy and the the fast German stuff, the fast Japanese stuff, the super yeah, was where it was, was at. Arc seven, Supras, even Cosworths, things like that. Yeah, so, so, after. so the whole game has moved on now where um, I think I would love to, and I don't know if I'll be disappointed by it or not, as a V Advantage. I would love a drive in a V Advantage, so I haven't yeah, driven that, but that's a bit of a the, hero the car. The no, no, the the older, the um, sort of mid-2000s car. Pete but, had uh, one of them, didn't he? Very Pete briefly, Gil- and he chopped it in for a Maserati in the end. Not long so, so, and I remember Woodcutter was looking at what, um, getting one at one stage as well, but that sort of yeah. interests me, sort of aluminium body, transaxle gearbox, um, kind of lightweight, kind of GT, beautiful design, all that sort of stuff. Um, V8, uh, built in the UK, and I don't know if that maybe appeals to some people. Maybe it appeals to me more now because I've sort of, I like the Lotus stuff, but... Mm. I've been behind one of Phil Chat on a, a road down in Dublin, and it sounded incredible. But the only only bad thing I've ever heard about them really is the, the gearbox, which is an acquired taste, I think. Yes, clunk, clunky and, and hard work, mm-hmm. and and uh, a clutch is a uh, dear to do on them as well. But they're a lot they're a lot of value if you can uh, if you can put up with running the the four point three or four point seven or the V twelve. The V twelve is apparently yeah. just the absolute. Um, Take it. Anyway, enough of that waffle. You've 200 quid to spend on car stuff. What are you buying and why? Craig? I am taking a trip to the Anakin website and stocking up like I did last week. What What two things are you buying? <laughs> uh, I'm buying as much cleanse as I can carry because it is the best wheel cleaner I've ever seen. And I was always, remember CarTech wheel cleaner? It was like, it was like pure acid. You could kill a man with a Cortex spray. I was always a big believer in this stuff, and this cleanse is better. I used to use Cortex on fucking everything. Clean it, barbecue, Cortex, root, Cortex, everything. Cleanse is better. Well, like, get, get yourself some cleanse. Anakim are a site yeah. sponsor, but uh, separate to that, their stuff seems really, really good. But I now have two cars with flipping ceramic coatings on them, so you need to use all this fancy pH-neutral sort of stuff and I've the Anakim, whatever it is, shampoo, which is good for the ceramic coating and uh, purge and all the rest, wheel cleaner, TFR, all that sort of stuff that doesn't make a mess. Not the usual turtleback stuff I'd normally throw at the, at the car. <laughs> Mirror. 
Mur. I know they just the, that was brilliant. The, bringing back the memories of the Merman at uh, Nuts Corner Market. I'm ninety percent sure I still have a bottle of Mur somewhere. It was that blue square, like rectangular bottle with the with the wee handle and a, like a, a fake chrome cap on it. It's the one. And and the wee guy with the wee uh, mini bonnet who would stand and set it alight at the Nuts Corner Market doing the demo. But uh, anyway, enough about eighties and nineties car cleaning. <laughs> Gary, 200 quid to spend on car stuff. I don't know. I had to think about this one. If it was the 90s, I'd be straight out for like a fucking head unit and big subwoofer or something for the back. Shetty subwoofer, duck price right enough. But uh, nowadays, I'd probably treat the car to a bit of TLC. I'll get like a fancy cleaning kit that Craig got. Some new floor mats, black ice, magic tree, and put the rest to road tax. Very exciting. Like my, one of my answers. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else. Well, if you want like uh, anything decent for the engine or a body kit or anything, two hundred is not going to cut it. So. I tell you what, two hundred quid will buy you. Two hundred quid will buy a set of iBac, uh, probably a Pro Kit, iBac Pro Kit, which will lower just about everything. Twenty five mil, nice and uh, reserved, looks good. Car will probably drive well. I'm debating this at the moment with the RSD I put an IBAC kit um, into it and get the geometry done I think it would be a good job but I'm still sitting on the fence but uh, yeah 200, 200 quid, quid. Two, 190 yeah, odd quid will buy you a, a set of springs yeah that's yeah. that's surprising I'd also get you about uh, four years worth of land sale tires <laughs> <laughs> a lifetime lifetime supply you put some land seals on your electric mini, Craig. You're set for life. Fuck it. You're flying, literally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. Most surprisingly impressive test drive was Gary. Uh, good old Vauxhall VXR8. Greatly impressed me a few years back. Um, I got into it kind of expecting typical Vauxhall, you know, playing, but... I knew it had a V8, so I thought it would be a little bit frisky, but um, it felt much closer to an E39 M5 that it, than it had any right to. Hand Did and Burns have set one up then? everything. Chris yeah. Burns yeah. had a red one, yep. Big Red, he yeah. used to call it, yeah. Yeah. It's a lovely thing to drive, and it's probably, you know, it's probably the, the, the holding engineer in it. I know they're built in Australia or whatever, and shipped M- it here. Mook had or, or has one as well. He had one, didn't Mook he? had a red one, yeah. So shout out to the book on the forum. Hope he's keeping I would well. really, really love a run in the Bathurst, the supercharged one. Oh yeah, I mean, one of those. Awesome, awesome. Um, I've gone completely the other way from a big, massive car to a little tiny Abarth five nine five Turismo. I had one on loan when my wife's five hundred would get in service, and it was so impressive. I actually wrote a blog on our MS for it. That's right. Remember that? I uh, Chris Suter, when he was on episode two, if anyone wants to listen to that, he think he has one, doesn't he? He was getting it tuned by TMC. Ten minutes were buying 500s, and then we're going to TMC to get the tuned, and a, he said something like a grand. A grand, was that? Yeah, they get crazy parts. They get 340 brake or something like that. That's class. But the the 595 was 165 brake, really well spec, stupidly fun little car, popped and bang and run, just really fun. And I'd buy one. As a second, oh, you couldn't daily drive it. It fucking kill you doing any sort of miles on it because you still sit on them rather than in them. And they're a wee bit rattly and a wee bit spine chattering. It's just so much fun. My wife hates them. 
at their time. Fix it, fix it again tomorrow. Standard Italian, but but cool. Yeah, if I be our second car does maybe three thousand miles a year, so it would be ideal for that. But you keeps them so. So why on earth are you looking at an electric mini? Anyway, I'm going to answer because, this question. Because if I get an electric mini, then the thing that does the 3,000 miles a year could be something really cool. Okay. Like okay. an M3. We'll allow it. We'll allow it. Um, I'm going to answer the... Well, the car I bought was uh, Lotus Evora. I was looking for an M135i at the time. This was five, six years ago. And... Had pretty much my heart set on. I had a three three five D. Had saved up the difference. It was only about seven or eight grand difference between only plenty of difference between the three three five D and the one three five M one three five I. But it was a totally new generation of car because my three three five D was an E ninety two, and then randomly went and test drove the Lotus and was blown away. Something that looked like nothing else drove like nothing else totally it wasn't that outright fast it actually probably was just about the same sort of pace as the m135i it was also 10 grand more it was the first time i had to take out a loan but it was like take my take someone else's money so i can buy this car (laughs) (laughs) and i've been doing the same thing ever since (laughs) just keep rolling on (laughs) roll on the loans oh my goodness so okay next question what was your biggest mechanical balls up, Craig? Do I, you, I was no, going to say I don't. I didn't even throw an answer into this because I don't do any of my own mechanicking because I'm fucking useless. You're kind of like changed a wheel or something. Sh- no. Surely, surely you did. Something oh, actually, happened. I did. Actually, uh, the one time I I painted the wheels on my A4 and couldn't get the fucking things back on, and it took me like ninety minutes, and in the end, I rang baby. Please come and put this fucking wheel on. I mean, we're going just went, what's wrong? I, mean, I can't get the wheel on, Bev. What about the entire Tiger project? Is that kind of a balls? Five seconds. No, that, that thing's a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> we skimmed the roof of that with a number plate. Really? Brilliant. Yeah, nice. me and Ryan McElveil. Nice. With, we skimmed the roof with a number plate while shouting man's games for the win in Man. the night. <laughs> we hadn't slept an awful lot, and there was only us two there. Nice, nice. Cozy. Madness of setting cozy. up. Very cozy. Well, uh, I'm sure I've told you the story about uh, me breaking the key when I was at a drift event in England. So that's probably one of my, my silliest things was trying to use a, a car key to fix the, the bonnet latches, break the car key, and then lock myself out of the tow car that I couldn't then drive anywhere. And I was in Newcastle upon Tyne or Middlesbrough or somewhere. Nice. Just. But I've, I've done many other silly things, but that one was was uh, quite spectacular. Gary? Uh, I've done my own fair share of servicing and basic engine work over the years, but the biggest balls up was uh, changing the turbo intake manifold on my old 200SX. Because one of the boats was in a very awkward spot, and I don't to this day know what I did, but I either sheared it or bent it or something, and it wouldn't budge. And uh, say it. When the shit hits a fan, normally I'll spend a few hours working at it and try and get my head around it, but I just couldn't get in with this. So just threw my hands up, took it to the mechanic, and it cost me another three or four days and a lot of time, a lot of pain, a lot of money, but got it started in the end. See, I don't have the patience. If, see, if it didn't come out, I would break something else to get the fucking thing out, and that, that's why I just... That was the danger. So There's something wrong with this. I'm going to take it to an adult who knows what they're doing. Do you know what? There's There's no replacement for, like, 
spending a bit of time with someone who is really, really good at their craft. I remember I was doing the drifting and all the rest and spending some time with Willie Kennedy, who built the engines and just, you know, how methodical he was and all the tips and skills and, and how do you use the tools properly and mm-hmm. and uh, I learned Make it look easy so much yeah made it look easy but I learned a lot I was doing a, a a washer wiper hose the other night and he was like got a wee tiny screwdriver and just just open the uh, because they go into like a T-piece and they're sometimes they've been in the T-piece for, for forever they're impossible to get out and just just the screwdriver just lift the edge of the edge of the outer of the PVC and spray with a WD-40 and then let it sit and then five minutes later just pops off you know, just wee silly things like that 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 people the do just to of the yeah that you learn. I'd have just cut that off in a rage yeah <laughs> and then burned it now, now this isn't a mechanical balls up, but I do remember uh, uh, almost a vehicle purchase balls up, which required a lot of mechanical sorting. Did I ever tell you about the uh, 200SX I bought in England that needed a turbo? That I found out when I was test driving it needed a turbo. No. So this was like 15 years ago. I had just blown up the R33 Skyline, as you do, but I had already booked a drift event. So the simple answer was just to fly over to England and buy an S4 an S14 and drive it to Rockingham and compete in a completely standard car because there was no regulations. It was like the uh, Autosport magazine uh, drift thing or something like that there. So I flew over. I think it was Preston or somewhere like that. Uh, I was getting the train, landed in Preston and took the car for a test drive. And I was like, this is the slowest S14 in the country. And they're only 200 brake standard. This was like a 95, so a non-facelift, horrible blobby lights car in, in the, the ubiquitous green. And I was like, I said to the guys, like, this needs a turbo. This this is done. And I got a couple of hundred quid off it. And I was like, what do I do? The event's tomorrow and I'm going to compete in this. And it has no turbo. And like, literally, it could barely do 50 miles an hour. So I was in Preston, north of England. And I rang Julian Smith, who... At the time, it was called Watford Motorsport. He runs Garage D, so massive drift uh, car uh, mechanicing service uh, just at Watford, just in the M25. And I was like, look, I'm impressed and now. It's 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, any chance you could have a look at this? And he says, oh, yeah, mate, come on down. He's like uh, from New Zealand. And so I uh, went down the road. I think I arrived there about 9 o'clock in the evening. And they had like a big queue of drift cars because they were all getting ready for the event the next day. So he says, oh, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll get it looked at. So two o'clock in the morning, we pulled it in onto the ramp and pulled the turbo off it. And the um, the wastegate, I don't know what, what had happened to it, but it wasn't closing properly. So we fixed the wastegate, screwed it all back together, took it out for a test drive at like five in the morning around, <laughs> around the industrial estates, around uh, Watford, uh, hanging like a picture. And it was it was going great. So then I just drove straight to uh, straight to Rockingham, and I came twenty eighth out of fifty six. And then the next, and then that night I drove. We drove to Hollyhead. It was a it was a cracker weekend. We drove to Hollyhead that night and uh, went to Mondello the next morning and competed in it there too. I must hope about the pictures of pictures from it somewhere. Brought it home and sold it. The end. <laughs> 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 rebuilt, rebuilt my skyline and then blew it up again but anyway uh, big shout out to Julian good yeah yeah. big shout out to uh, um, Julian Smith for 
that. Okay, next question. Is AE86 or similarly priced modern era M3? Gary. 86 once upon a time, but not anymore. My ripe old age has to be an M3 modern one. Yeah. Not so much about the comfort, but I just want I want decent power, I want toys, I want something. Comfort, reliability, and Bluetooth music streaming. Yeah. Predictable as shit. Uh, twin cam Corolla every time, boys. Every yeah. time. Long, think, long after you got bored with your M3. I think when you you go and get into it one crisp Saturday morning and say, right, I'm going to take this out of blast and then the fucking thing doesn't start. I think, hmm. Bumper falls off. Should have bought that M3. It's Toyota. Perfectly reliable. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Okay. Next question, show, show and tell your favorite car gadget. Well, we can hardly show it because it's a podcast and someone's going to be sitting in their car tempted to go and look at the show notes. But uh, well, see, I others know, guess I what it is. Posted a picture in here. Someone has posted a picture. Andy will know what it is. Craig might not. He's not no, mechanical. So I'm going to describe this. It is a... It looks like a Game Boy, but it's red. It has a black face and then a wee LED windowy thing. I'm going to have a wild guess at some sort of OBD scannery thing. It, it looks like a, a controller pause, of pause, one pause. of them foldable beds that you have the terrible ads on TV for yeah. late at night. I thought about all the buttons and the writing on the screen because I thought you might say it's an MP3 player or something like that. Some kind of old car MP3 player. Yeah, it's, correct, it is. It's an OBD scanner. That, that's that's what you need when uh, you need to have your EGR file replaced, but you don't want to do it. So you, you just have that constantly plugged into the OBD port, and then every reset. every ten minutes, <laughs> reset, reset, reset. You get the power back out of limp mode, and away we go. It's not have any car gadgets at all. Any car gadgets. So so we we feel miserably on that, and I wasn't prepared for that. So I I am sure I could hope out some interesting. Uh, car gadgets that most people will guess because we we all actually know what they are. Next question, one bucket or two? One big sponge. I would say catch yourself on. We're not washing cars in the monkey streets of Calcutta. One bucket will do. I'm one bucket. Now, I don't use a sponge. I do use a mitt. I I use a mitt as well. But two buckets. Life is too short. Next question, scanning a bucket. Scanning a bucket. Scanning a bucket. Scanning a jacket. And so, tying Swedish rally driver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scanning a jacket and tying boots were fellas wearing their Mrs. Jeggings with no socks and bell end. Siaga trainers. Bell end Siaga. Bell end Siaga. You have to dress as one. Which is it? My, uh, mine's the Mrs. Jeggings with no socks and bell end Siaga trainers. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, I can't dress like a fucking lorry driver. I, I, I wear Craig's Mrs. Jaggins too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the scanner gear and also say we have some sick deviants on the floor. <laughs> the, the thought of me getting into my Mrs.'s gene, my Mrs. is like five foot one. She's, she's like this big, she's so small. I can't even get my fucking arms into her jeans, so <laughs> trying to put them on my legs would be quite the sight. 
you'd see fell in Siega. Oh, we're going to be here all night. There's more questions. What's the worst injury you've got working at a car? I actually have one of these because I stupidly did something to the focus. Remember my focus I had a million years ago? Mm. Yes. The arrows were pointing to Team Edwards should have just been taken to immediately. Pointing to Jesus. Cut himself on an arrow. Um, the, the front grill, I hit something or reversed into something or drove into something or fucking something drove into me. The grill at the front of the bumper came off. So I hurt myself down to Colin Allen and bought some and I on this on it. Friday night in my old house. So I stuck it all on and I was lying down on the driveway holding the grill tight so it would step. Yeah. So it was there for good. 20, 25 minutes just lying in my driveway in the middle of like a cul-de-sac. People just thought I was fucking lunatic. It was all finished now. Here we go. And I went to get up and I, where I'd put the bonder, I'd like set it behind my head and it had leaked out. So I bonded the back of my head in my driveway. <laughs> <laughs> After a bit of sort of struggling, I got up. I had a full head of gravel just nice. bonded to the back of my hair. It took fucking... <laughs> hours to get out as well <laughs> just stand in the shower with boiling water on my head absolutely hilarious <laughs> you just couldn't stand anywhere in case you just stuck to something <laughs> yeah it was it was thank christ my housemate wasn't there because i had to explain to him like what's that shit in your head Bonder, never mind just straight up in the shower and the well we were doing the the clicker the timeline and it just got ridiculous towards the end so we the vast majority of the building that car was done in the last two weeks and we had sort of 17 weeks to do it it was, it was all nearly had a nervous breakdown a couple of times okay. alright I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move this on Gary worst injury uh, not going to put me in hospital but my dad used to keep the big industrial jars of thinners like the ones that come up the head of your waist in his garage and uh, I had to open a new one one day I was using it to do something, and I thought, I'll move it five feet in that direction. I don't know why, but carried it over, set it down, and as I set it down, I set it down too fast, and I was laying down, and the top was open, and it all splashed out. and went into May, oh. and that was just horrendous. It was so sore. I had eye drops for weeks. That's pretty grim. Yeah. Other than that, just usual raised knuckles, banging my head off rear axles. Yeah, just like generally melting. 100 melting myself on uh, all sorts of things to try and wear gloves now as much as possible just doing anything because for me it just completely you just completely uh, wreck yourself Not, nothing's coming to mind but i'm sure i've done, done many many uh, silly things I, I remember one time uh matt my brother was giving me a hand to change the clutch on the drift car and we hadn't drained the gearbox of oil and so we pulled the prop shaft out, and he got the entire contents of an S14 gearbox all over. <laughs> so, yeah. Did you injure yourself laughing? <laughs> the smell. Oh, my goodness. It was horrendous. But by the way, he had like a hundred quid uh, pair of jeans on him. And, and there was this gearbox. I'm like, gearbox, right? if you've ever smelled it, it's the most disgusting smelling thing ever. It's horrible. And so, first thing, on the Google, what, what takes uh, gearbox oil out of jeans? WD forty brought them up like new, really. Just, just spray it on, and then you just spray it on and let it sit for a while, and then wipe it off. It just displaces the oil and just wipe. It's unbelievable. unbelievable. Maybe smells a WD forty instead. Yeah, well, do you know what? You'd rather smell a WD forty than um, all the lorry drivers we want to ride them. Yep. 
Uh, worst worst motoring experience you've ever had? Uh, I had a bad smash years ago. A guy pulled out in front of me and I had a tree. It's every mile an hour in my Honda Civic. At 70 mile an hour? Wow. Yeah. Holy hell. I only know it was 70 because I was doing slightly more than that and I had the tree a second later, so I couldn't possibly have slowed down anymore. Man. Man. Maybe I, I was going too fast and he was in the wrong place. Craig, say the V. Um, buying and owning a Mercedes E230 Elegance. Oh. <laughs> what in the name of Jesus was I thinking? It was fucking terrible. The phone cab and shitter and slower. I was just brutal, terrible. Do you get flashbacks? Yes, every time I see one. And I, I left it unlocked nearly all the time and nobody stole it, which is a shame. Terrible. Unreal. Unreal. Oh, the worst experience I had, I remember I was over uh, over the show across the water and uh, heading back up the road, heading to the airport or something like that, and there was a guy who over, overtook me and overtook a pile of cars, and then uh, he was obviously in a rush to go somewhere, but just very ignorant, pushing into traffic and stuff like that, and uh, whatever way it, it happened, I ended up nearly beside this guy, and he sort of thought I wasn't letting him out into traffic, because then I was on a dual carriageway, so he swung out in front of me, like on a dual carriageway carriageway doing about 50 60 mile an hour and started you know brake checking me and then stopped dead on the on the carriageway and like was for i don't know getting i didn't know who this guy was or what his problem was like but just obviously one of these people you know just are mental you see in the dash cam videos or something like that stopped the car in the dual carriageway thank god four or five cars back unmarked uh police oh. car saw the whole thing and, and i think it went to court now, thankfully, um, I, didn't, I wasn't anywhere near it, but I think the guy got, his, uh, got the books taken off him for it. Good. What a dick. Uh, just, just people who are, I don't know, if if you're that angry with life, you shouldn't be behind the wheel. You know, so, yeah, people are, uh, people are mental. People are mental. Next question. If you could live a life of any professional motorsports driver, who would you trade places with? Gary. Chris Harris. Craig. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to Chris Harris. Gary, Gary went first last. Uh, Chris Harris. He's doing Top Gear and his daily sort of Instagramy shit is just seems really fun. He doesn't seem to have an awful lot of journalistic responsibilities. He so, seems pretty busy. Yeah, busy, not busy doing stuff. Not like doing the boring shit, like right with the telegraph. Probably. Is he good? Gary? Uh, I'm going to go with James Hunt. Only because uh, you posted something earlier that uh, Jensen Button put up, comparing him and Lewis Hamilton. It was Eddie Irvine actually posted that. Yeah, no, sorry, was... sorry, not Jensen Button. Yes, Eddie Irvine, you were chatting about Jensen's Porsche. That's what it was. Um, but yeah, there's, there's something about like the likes of Lewis Hamilton. Some of the modern drivers are all very serious and they're on to their healthy eating and no smoking, no drinking, etc., etc. So James Hunt just seems to sucks. embrace the whole thing. I'm going to be an F1 driver, pay millions and just party all the time. And I just think, yeah, if I could swap with anyone, that would be it. Two, for, two uh, absolutely uh, excellent answers. Professional motorsports driver. I'm going to have to think about that one. 
but um, but yeah, Chris Harris is a totally professional, semi-professional. I, do you know what Formula One, the world? You know, like it is, it is the the, the pinnacle of the sport of motorsport. You know, it would just be interesting to see just what's involved in everything, learning how to drive those cars and dealing with G forces and all all the rest. So, um. If I could live the life of well, do you know what? No matter what you think of him, Lewis has had a good, good life. Do you know what I mean? He's, I think inc- he he's incredibly, he's he's incredibly successful. You just can't take that away from him. No matter, no matter what you think of his clothes choices or whatever else, you know, it's um, unreal. Okay, next, he's very, he's very talented. Definitely. Ab- absolutely. Next question: What would you buy as a daily driver? This is a funny one. Uh, GR Yaris or a 997 Carrera 2S. Any other suggestions that's not a Mark V GTI? Which is the standard RMS answer, Mark V GTI? There's no point in answering this question because I've been there and done that. But Craig, what, what's your answer? And you can't say Tourag. It's GR. Or one of those I and I N earlier. Maybe a Kia. Yeah, great. Great car, as is the 997, as is the Yaris. As is a Mark V GTI, to be I'm honest. Like it, oh, I've driven a Mark V GTI. It's not nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd go for the Yaris purely because I think the 997, you'd always be worried about something bad happening to it. Whereas the Yaris has got the motor reliability and it's still only a six month old car, so it shouldn't really. Well, as I grow my, my beard here, we have to ask the question. Whoever asked the question in the forum, nine nine seven. Are we talking about an early nine nine seven, which has IMS bearing issues, or are we talking about uh, DFI uh, second generation nine nine seven, which well, is much more reliable? If you're talking GR Yaris money, so what's a thirty five thousand pound nine nine seven? That's a Gen two. And, and just on that point, the, the Gen the Gen two cars were thirty, and now they're thirty five. I don't know who bought Jixer Marks. Beautiful looking Gen Two uh, PDK Peter K uh, nine nine seven, uh, but uh, it was a bargain at thirty grand or twenty eight and a half or something like that. There, guards red, absolutely uh, class because you can't you don't see those cars under thirty five grand at the moment. Yeah, for something that's twelve thirteen years years old. But the nine nine seven is a straight out of the door classic. Really is Gary. What what do you think yourself? It's got to be a fucking Yaris again. You. Who knows? You. Uh, I think that the Nano Evan would be amazing to own because putting aside reliability or IMS issues or anything else, there's no such thing as a bad Nano 11 really to drive. But I think for the type of roads I drive, it's just a personal decision. Back roads and stuff, the Yaris would be more fun. I could probably push it a bit more. So that would be my choice. I suppose uh, to say I'm in a lucky situation is just. Uh, well, thanks to the uh, the banks is an understatement, but they're they're two very different vehicles. And then with the GT4 and the Yaris are just chalk and cheese. And I say to people, there's some people that have seen the Yaris and look at it and go, "What's that? Is that a Yaris? Like, it doesn't look like a Yaris to people." And people ask questions about it, which is awesome. Whereas people just look at the GT4 and go, "Oh, it's a red Porsche. Look at the state of view type thing." It's like, well. See on a wet day on a B road, the Porsche wouldn't see what way the Yaris went mm-hmm. because it's just mm-hmm. so capable in that 
particular type of environment. It's, it's, uh, it's some crack. Next question. What is your best or most interesting bit of car trivia, Gary? Did you know, all the dramatic pause now, the world record for removing or replacing a car engine is 42 seconds, done on a Ford Escort back in 1985. So are we talking like a Mark III Escort? And is, are we- is this on TV of like Blue Peter or some shit by the it Army? It was shown, yeah, it was shown somewhere. And I think no, was it Mark III or Mark III? I can't, I can't quite remember. Well, 80, 85, I think, is Mark III Escort. And are we talking like the, the 1300 popular, like the pushrod engine? Yeah. Did, did they do a, or did they do like a, an the XR3? No, did it they, was a, a plain old Escort. And not an RS1600, I know. No. I'm nearly sure it was the Remy who did this on Blue Peter. No, was it 1985? Fuck, I probably watched it. So remember, that's removing and replacing. So that's 21 seconds each way. That, that, that's unbelievable. And I'm sorry for the uh, the alert there, but I have to take my pen out this evening. Just, that was what my uh, phone was buzzing for. <laughs> <laughs> the life and times of a, a Porsche owner. Not just Indeed. when someone takes it out for you. <laughs> yes, you just click the fingers. A man comes. I have a blue rope hanging out the back of the GT4 and just attach it onto it. <laughs> You wonder if a, a modern engine, if all the sensors and shit, we could even do it in four minutes. Never mind. That, that, that's, all, that, that's unbelievable. Uh, uh, Craig, uh, best or most inter- interesting car trivia? John DeLorean from DMC Cars. Mm-hmm. He used to have a country, country. No, he didn't. He used to have a company called LMC, which stood for Logan Machine Company, and they made Snowcats. Yeah. Things you see on ski resorts for going up and down the mountains, and we'll post a picture in the show notes. Have and a look at the headlights, and then and then he just used to sell snow. Yeah, okay. the story about LMC is fantastic. Well, we'll probably cover that on another show because I, I read the whole story about it, and then I just got pulled along. And I'm like, this is going to be a four-hour episode. It's a really good story. Delorean, Delorean's unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's very appropriate at a machine which just cleared up white powder all day long. Yeah, no, no. So <laughs> if you if you have a look at the show notes, you can see the headlights on one of the snowcats, and they are very familiar. Yeah. What well, happened when I, hit the idiot? I have no. One point twenty one gigawatts. Uh, I have no anecdotes related to that question, so I'm going to move on. If you had five hours drive to do and the radio was broken which car related celebrity would you like to take with you in the car and why Craig Clarkson, Clarkson. I love Jeremy Clarkson Every, people say he's always oh, so grumpy and he's rude and he's arrogant and he's this and he's that growing up watching him he is he is powers to me Clarkson and he must have some great stories about grumpy shit he's done and I think we'd get on well, you might just get in the car and be grumpy and not even talk to you. That's the risk. Well, you might get in the car and I'm grumpy and don't fucking talk to him. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say Richard Porter, maybe, Mr. Sniff Petrol. Because I just, I just think the way his mind works, fascinating to read, to listen to. He's just, just a complete encyclopedia of uh, very, very funny, useful, useless uh, information his his whole view of the 
the car world is just uh, is just hilarious. Just uh, what he picks up, I think that I would just be laughing the whole time. That's if he would talk to me because he probably think I'm very boring. Maybe not talk to me at all. Because that's the other thing you could be just sitting in the car in silence with someone. Yeah, it would be fairly brutal actually. Wouldn't you you go and use that two hundred quid that you had and and spend it on a radio. Yeah. Stick, stick, stick on a podcast or something. Who, who was your uh, five-hour no radio uh, car-related celeb, Gary? Well, my number one was obviously Rocco, Wanger's most famous car celeb. Look, it's not I all about it, likes. It is. No. It's, it is literally all about likes. I'd say the Ryan Atkinson. Um, any man who could do Mr. Bean sketches and... Tell you all about the interesting cars that he's owned and how he's wrecked a McLaren F1. Could pass five hours very easily. I've yeah, seen he, him when he was on Top Gear and on YouTube. I'll see if I can find it and post the link. Um, Dark Nelson just to describe cars using his face. <laughs> it is hilarious and funny. It's absolutely amazingly funny. So I'll, I'll post up the link if I can find it. He describes the McLaren F1. And the imperiousness, imperiousness you feel from owning a Range Rover. It is <laughs> phenomenal fun. He is uh, um, unbelievable. That Was it on Graham Norton or something like that? He did the story about being in the Land Rover parts department. That's what I was going to mention there. Yeah, he goes in and some guy uh, says, oh, you look a bit like that guy who plays Mr. Bean. And he starts laughing. He goes, well, I am him. And the guy goes, yeah, very funny. Of course you're not. <laughs> and this goes on for like half an hour. That's fantastic. That's, that is a brilliant uh, Rowan, amazing. He used to race Renault 5s in the late late 80s, early 90s, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, okay, so next question. Favourite current RMS motoring member's car and the worst? Gary? Uh, worst, I'm going to say Cougs Metro. It's just oh, it's awful. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure Craig it's, would agree with me. It's so bad. It's like a hearing aid. It's just no. terrible. <laughs> Like I, I didn't want to resort to online billion or be accused of singling someone out, but it's just awful. So no, I think we need to single them out. Serious. It's an it's an absolute heap. <laughs> you couldn't get excited with that in any way, shape, or form. And for someone who owns some cool cars, that as an average brings him down. Yeah, he's let himself down. He's let himself it's a bit it's a bit incontinence part of motoring, isn't it? It's just terrible. What? Uh, for best cars, I'm going to say without any uh, note of our slicking here, Andy's red GT4 is awesome. Uh, Jixxer's red GT3. It's a bit of a Porsche theme here, but Renault's Honda S2000, Evo 98's red Integra DC5, the low-mileage low one. Yeah, and Johnny G's white R35 GTR. But I could easily pick out an R50 cars. I think the, the quality and the variety and the members' form at the moment is just fantastic. Yeah, and if, for those of you who are listening to the podcast and don't know what the hell we're talking about, open your web browser, go to search for RMS Motoring, go onto the forum, go into the members' car section, and just look at some of the amazing stuff that the um, Northern Irish and further afield members have. It's just absolutely um, staggering. Uh, Craig? Uh, best would be Jed's pickup. Pickup doesn't really sell it, that big, dead, massive lorry thing. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's so cool. Gisela's uh, F355. Phil uh, D's Cigaris. But my favourite car, even though it sold ages ago, was Andy McMaster's Hurricane. It was just a step above everything else. 
that I've ever been near. It was, was mind blowing. Jaw dropping. And just stuff. My favorite car, or certainly one of my favorite cars, and it has been for a long, long time, is EF Ian's two sixty Z with the RB twenty six on it. Yes, yeah, and awesome. I was heartbroken for him when he had done this amazing build and then had to strip it all back down again because there was rot in the chassis and literally take what was one of the most perfect builds and have to pull it to pieces again and just, just more power to him, but just just absolutely um, fantastic. Speaking next, which, next member cars, Andy, can we go back to the old theme of member cars, please? <sighs> not the blog style one. People agree with me. It's not for the podcast. It's not for the podcast. People agree with me. Oh, this is the only fucking... It's an ecumenical matter. (laughs) (laughs) Next question, and and I'm going to answer this one here. What is your unpopular opinion with cars? Now, this this one's easy. My my general hate for the Mark III Golf, and specifically the Mark III Golf VR6, uh, which just will have... Four tons. Which will just have uh, some of the uh, Rito podcast team just shouting at me but they're just friggin terrible they're just a vr6 a lazy vr6 engine with moderate power output only 170 brake a terrible heavy lardy chassis uh not in a not a pretty car to look at whatsoever it's just that perfect mid-90s volkswagen blandus where they just they just had no character which is terrible. So, uh, Gary? Uh, I'm going to say I have less than zero interest in electric cars. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm being solely outnumbered by colleagues and peers and friends who are starting to like them. I think them as a future. I think they're bland. I think they lack any kind of character. And it takes something like a 2,000 horsepower Rimic to even get a smidge of interest from me. And I suspect that most EVs, that once you get bored of its straight line acceleration, which is the party piece, there's nothing left to enjoy when you're only driving the car at five temps or six temps. Fair enough. It is it, it is the challenge of electric cars, isn't it? The, because they just become a bit bland. And I think they're going to go the way of, it's going to be like a mobile phone. You're just going to have a thing for two years and then get a new thing. Yeah, the new thing and get a new thing, and the things will eventually, as time goes on, get better and better and better. But I think probably the the thrill of driving. I mean, how much how much thrill do you get in driving in your daily commute? Five days a week, probably not an awful lot. The right road, you can find a lot. If you're driving down that same road ten times a week, eventually the road itself gets fucking boring, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a. Here we go again. Here we go again. Well, yeah, I have the, the luxury of taking numerous different routes to get to where I'm going, so I do mix it up a bit. And uh, like <laughs> some of the roads near where I live are brilliant. The Hill Hill Road, for example, is very smooth, twisty back road. I, I love driving on it. I don't, do years I don't do an awful lot of driving outside of my commute, um, mm-hmm. only because I don't really have anything very interesting to do it in. But I don't know. I think, think EVs, to, EVs for the vast majority of driving is going to be the way forward. And anyway, here, my unpopular opinion, old cars are shit. They break down all the time. They aren't safe or comfortable. And as a car, literally anything newer is better. 
you can argue feeling and nostalgia all you want. It doesn't start when you get into it. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> That's the end of discussion. They are. You can't have a lovely old car. If it doesn't start. It's not an old car. An ornament. So let's let's go back to the because let's forget about yeah, old cars are old cars like old cars are classics and sometimes just a piece of engineering you just want to park it and look at it i have piano, piano. <laughs> right back back to evs right because this, this is an interesting one about evs getting boring so interested what you guys think of this at what stage do you think driverless cars will be really a contender or is there just far too many variables to become for them to become viable this is i robot stuff uh, for, i will i suspect i will be long dead before this happens because the infrastructure required is just even the, the the busiest of routes it's just it's impossible to even think about the technology required I think that uh, it's in terms of technology, the basic stuff for doing like motorway autonomous driving and that sort of stuff is going to be no problem on a clearly marked out road and stuff like that. Uh, I know that the Yaris has uh, like lane centering and all that sort of stuff and active cruise and it works really well on a motorway. And you really can relax a lot more because the systems are that good but see on a back road it doesn't know where the hedge is it doesn't know where the center of the road is it just it just drives you all over it so there's a there's a lot to be done but see at the same time see if i knew that every single lorry on the road had a proper autonomous safety systems so that a driver doesn't have a, a laptop on his dashboard and he's watching housewives of yeah uh, kirk Hubbin, that uh and then he's not going to drive into a bus of 50 school kids because the systems are going to sort things out. That's been That's, awake, for, awake for four days. Exactly. Exactly. In fact, the lack of lorry drivers is a huge problem at the moment. Yeah. Huge problem. But anyway. So look, uh, this looks like the last question. With the success of recent cars and coffees, am I interested in running an RMS one or a sold a scene live? Yes, Absolutely. But I'm not someone who generally organizes and runs things. But I think we need to make an exception and, and get this show literally on the road. Plus, it's 20 years of RMS this year. So that's no. 20. Yep. Yep. So so COVID is sort of scuppering things because it's sort of thought about doing something in and around now. But there's there's a lot of other good events happening. So there's just absolutely no point in, in thinking about doing something else. But... Yeah, I think a, a sold a scene live would just be up for that, guys, in the in the in the back of a horse trailer, and a, and a wee crappy speaker in the back of it. Yeah, a horse trailer in the back of a Touareg. That's that's what normally is hung out of the back of those. Yeah, I'm sure we can make it work. Yeah, absolutely. Do some, hell not. Do some guest interviews. Do some guest interviews. Get Sitter's coffee van lined up. All right. Well, anything else, guys? I think that's all for this week. I think that we've. Uh, I am fully exhausted by the questions that I did no research for. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I could have nattered on for another while. About, I'm just kind of felt like a real zombie all the time, and it's. I'm not like that in real life. You should. You have to. I. I. Have well, to, no. You have to but, understand. I'm not. 
yeah, well, so this is just your this is your uh, podcast persona, is it? Just gr- grump, grumpy old uh, her in the corner. Sometimes I know the shit out of me, and I, I let it get to me and come across like a real grumpy shit, but I'm not. I'm uh, well, a, a, quite a happy person. I I think that we let the listeners decide. Uh, seven episodes in, I I think there's a there's a, a thread of truth forming, and you and you don't like it, and you're trying to backpedal. Um, you will see and so the scene live. What an absolute laugh machine I am. Skipping under flowers. Yeah, I will be the hosting and happy smilingness. Well, on on that wonderful wondrous happy note from <laughs> the happy man himself, Craig and his, his Tureg. Thanks everyone so much for uh listening. If you have any questions, ask us on the forum at rmsmotoring.com slash forum. Email us at podpod at rmsmotoring.com. Find us on the socials at rmsmotoring and hashtag sold as seen. And we hope to hear from you soon. Remember to like and subscribe and do all those things that help the podcast grow. And we'll talk to you soon. All the best. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.